0: See betmgm.com for terms US promotional offers not available in DC, Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER available in the US call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call one 800 step in Arizona 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts one 800 off in Iowa 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico first bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Welcome back to another Head of the Pack post-draft edition Packers make it out of this draft with 11 players. They traded a couple times, I believe twice, up in the second round with the Vikings, back in the fifth with the Broncos. Um, Filled pretty much all the needs we identified before the draft, maybe not tight end, um, but we'll go through it. Let's see if I can remember everyone they drafted off the top of my head. This will be interesting after the lack of sleep I got this weekend. Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, Christian Watson, Sean Ryan, Romeo Daub, Zach Tom, Tariq Carpenter, Jonathan Ford, Samori Toure, oh boy, Kingsley Nagrè,
2: yeah, fifth round, fifth round pick, Kingsley, yeah, JJ or I JJ, and there's one more.
1: Oh, uh, Rashid Walker, the tackle from Penn State. There you go. Wow, that was impressive. Not bad, Bill. What, what's your biggest takeaway from the draft?
2: Yeah, the receiver thing. Um, Gosh, remember on Thursday night, I'm not sure who asked Goody about, do you have to draft a receiver in the second round, or do you have to draft a receiver in day two? No, I don't think we need to do that. (laughs) So he drafted three receivers the next two days, including giving up two second round picks to get a receiver. So, I mean, we all thought that line was nonsense, of course. But um, that was a rather emphatic statement about the state of his receiver core to draft not just one, but three. How about you?
1: Yeah, I I won't copy yours, although it it would be the same. But um, I'm really interested to see, and this may be a less attractive takeaway, but how the right side of the offensive line shakes out. This is the third straight year Goody has drafted three offensive linemen. Um, Let's see if I can name these now. In 2020, it was John Runyon Jr., uh, Jake Hansen, and Simon. Yep,
2: Simon Stepaniak. Stepaniak.
1: And then last year it was Josh Myers, Royce Newman, and Cole Van Lannon. This year, Rashid Walker, Sean Ryan, and Zach Tom. And it was interesting because like nobody loves offensive line versatility more than the Packers. Um, Sean Ryan, Matt Lafleur said he could start out at tackle, kick in. Uh, Zach Tom, you don't really see guys be able to play tackle and center. It's more tackling guard or garden center. But uh, he played left tackle and center in college. But they also think he can play anywhere. Rasheed Walker was a, a stalwart left tackle at Penn State. He's in play at right tackle. What this draft showed me from an offensive line perspective is a, they needed better depth. Goody said that. He didn't like, you know, their lack of numbers on the line entering the draft. And B, especially with Alton Jenkins' injury, those two spots on the right side of the line, I think, are are up for grabs. Now, I think Royce Newman and Yash Naiman will start camp with those spots. Um, I can go ask Yash what he thinks. He's on the floor right below me right now in our building. But Why don't you? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to. <laughs> hey, man, can you play right tackle? Um, yeah, we're doing this podcast, Yash. What do yeah. you think? Yash, you want to come be a guest? Uh, but I think it'll be fascinating to see kind of the competition there. If you remember, I mean, Lucas Patrick, I don't believe, was with the starting five to start camp last year. Correct. And then he plays a bunch. I know, obviously, injuries you know, were part of that. But um, this is a team that's seen its fair share. Fair share is an understatement of injuries on the O-line the last two years. And they're going to have to be ready for whatever happens. And, and keeping a, your 38-year-old back-to-back MVP quarterback upright is priority number one.
2: Yeah, I'm interested to see Zach Tom. Obviously, we're not going to know anything with this rookie camp coming up or the all the OTAs and crap coming up in May and June. But I'm interested to see Tom. I mean, he's right out of Packers Central Casting. You mentioned that he started at center, mm. he started at left tackle. He's a big dude. He's got the arm length, the requisite arm length that you're looking for. Um, Super athletic. I mean, his shuttle was in the four fours, I want to say, which has always been a a big number for them. So I'm interested to see where he ends up. And I I asked Goody on Friday where he thought Elton Jenkins is going to play. He didn't know it's going to be the, it's the proverbial or stereotypical best five. And, um, I think it's going to be, where where are, where are do these other guys fit in? And they can just stick Jenkins wherever at this point. I, I, w- I would think Elton would want to play tackle, right, Matt? Because that's where the money's at. And he's a free agent next offseason. I would think he would lobby to say,
1: I'm a right tackle. Put me there. Not only do I think he'll want to for that reason, but I think the Packers will want him to because... Yes. Sure, I mean. you could have the best left side of the offensive line in the NFL with David boxiari and Elton Jenkins, but... You know, protecting Aaron Rodgers' strong side is probably pretty important too. And if you're talking about, uh, you know, best five, I think getting Elton on the right side would help you get that best five. John Runyon Jr. is no slouch. He wasn't, Mm -hmm. you know, a standout, but uh, he's a solid left guard. Josh Myers is a solid center from what we saw last year. And then right guard will be up for grabs once Jenkins comes back, even more so up for grabs when... Uh, he's not back. Maybe it'll be the first half of the season that he misses, but it'll be be interesting to see how that gets configured. Now, the big story of day one was, oh, the Packers don't take a receiver, and I, I saw someone tweet this like, oh, so if Christian Watson was picked two picks earlier, then the Packers are doing right by Aaron Rodgers, but because he wasn't, they're just totally neglecting him. I thought that was funny, but like we've said, It's not a bad strategy to take two guys from the best defense in college football. And uh, I think Christian Watson is the most fascinating pick in this class because he's the guy who's could be the guy at his position fastest. Quay Walker will not be the guy because Devontae Campbell is. Devontae Wyatt won't be the guy because Kenny Clark is. Christian Watson could be the guy. So I, I think their second round picks, the most fascinating, but, their two first round picks really give them depth and flexibility uh, in two areas of their defense that they really haven't had it in the last two years. And that's just as important as getting maybe like a stud when you have a huge hole at one spot.
2: Yeah. It's, they, they, they are really strong on the D line. I mean, to not have to rely on Dean Lowry to play 40 snaps a game is, is huge. I mean, he's Dean Lowry's not a bad player, but I think he, I think he's always kind of someone that you want to, you like to upgrade over if you can, and maybe they have. And you got Jaron Reed, who's played a million snaps the last, you know, four or five years, um, but they seem to like Slayton. So that that front's pretty loaded, and it'll be interesting to see. And I know we talked about this on the Thursday night podcast, but if Walker really pans out and they can play more traditional defenses rather than having to play nickel all the time, or not nickel, having to play dime all the time, that's obviously a huge benefit, and that's something that Gutukins talked about on Thursday night.
1: Right, just, and we talked about this on, on Friday morning, but that positional versatility or, or personnel versatility, whatever you want to call it, Goody said he hasn't. they haven't had in a while two inside linebackers who can do everything really well. Um, he thinks Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker can both defend against the pass and against the run really well, and it, it makes it harder for opposing offenses to tell what, you're gearing up to defend if you have you know, a second inside linebacker who can do it all as opposed to just one inside linebacker when it's clear you're defending against the pass and, and vice versa. If you have two in and four defensive backs, you're gearing up for the run, whatever. You get it. But um, like you said, I'm interested to see do they have less defensive linemen on the field if you want to get all three corners on the field at the same time? Because like we talked about, you want to get Douglas, Stokes, and Jair on the field at the same time as much as possible. But you're not going to have your first-round pick ride the bench either, I don't think. Maybe he's more of a situational guy to start. Um, like we've seen in in the past here, first-round picks don't have to play right away, i.e. Rashawn Gary so, and Jordan Love, obviously. So we'll see what they do there. I think let's touch on um, the two receivers they took after Christian Watson. How, how do you think the wide receiver room kind of pans out now? They have Dubs. I'm just going to call him Dubs. He said we can call him that. That's his nickname. Uh, Samori Toure, who led the Big Ten with 19 and a half yards per catch. So they have a couple deep threats, a couple speed guys. It's a packed wide receiver room. How do you see that kind of shaking out? And who do you think are returners that could be on the way out if they don't step up in camp?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously Malik Taylor and Juwan Winfrey have been here for a bit now. It's hard to see them sticking around. Um, You know, LaFleur talked about wanting to to you guys out at the spring meetings, boarding guys who can stretch the field and take the top off of defense and all those other cliches. All those guys come in. All those guys are... Watson's 4'3'6. The other guys are are 4'4 guys with field stretching ability. Um, Watson can block. Watson can run through tacklers. Um, Toure is a pretty good steal. I don't. I can't say that I knew a lot about Dubs entering this draft. But man, the guy was super productive. Again, he's he's another bigger guy too. So it is going to be. Gosh, what do, yeah? What do you do that? I mean, yeah. All those three, those three guys make it. And Lazard. Boy, Sammy Watkins, Matt, you mentioned it in the last podcast that he's not exactly a lock to make the roster. He's going to have to earn it. There's going to be no free lunches for him because – Right. I, you know, may, And maybe we – and I'm probably guilty of overvaluing these draft picks, but you know, if, if those guys are who they think they are, do you really need a 29-year-old veteran who hasn't done a whole lot since, well, I guess, 2017 with the Rams? He was decent enough, but
1: – That's a long time to go ago. go to the younger guys maybe. The, the thing is, like, you know this, at the bottom of that depth chart are going to be guys who are there because of their special teams ability, not because of what they do at receiver. So, yeah, if you have Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and Christian Watson, and I, I still think Amari Rogers is a roster lock. They're not going to give up yep. on him yet. Correct. Um, then that leaves two, three spots for Sammy Watkins, Dubs. Toure, Winfrey, Malik Taylor, Dubs, Rico Gafford. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Dubs was a good returner in college. He has yes, he was uh, a lot of return abilities. Sammy Watkins, I wouldn't expect him to factor in the return game. Um, so maybe that gives him the upper hand. I would have a hard time believing that they cut a fourth round pick right away. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. I think. The return game is something that they really need to to get in line this year. They had a couple games of Tyler Irvin a couple years ago, but they I don't want to say they've mailed it in because I that would be unfair to them. But as we've talked about, this is just the theme of special teams as a whole. They say, oh, okay, who, who's a wide receiver that can return kicks? Or who's a linebacker who can cover punts? As opposed to who's a special teams ace that can – also help us out on defense. Like that's why they have Tariq Carpenter, the, the seventh round safety from Georgia Tech. I think he's gonna make the team because he gives them something A on defense that they don't really have. They Will Redmond and Raven Green a couple years ago didn't really do it. Kind of that oversized dime linebacker uh who can really step in against the run. She's 6'3, 230 listed as a safety, but they're still kind of figuring out where to put him linebacker or safety. And then that's a special teams body. That's a guy who's mm-hmm. going to get down there on special teams and make a freaking tackle, or at least they hope. Um, so guys like that are, are where we see Rich Basaccia's influence, where these seventh rounders, late round picks are like, okay, that's a special teams guy.
2: Yeah, Watson was an All-American kickoff returner in 2020, I believe that was the year he was. And then yeah. Dobbs, I believe it was 12 and a half yards and a touchdown on punt returns for his career. That's legit production there. Carper, you know, I'm, you know, stick with this, Matt. I can't believe they didn't draft a long snapper. They had four, when they had their fourth picks in the seventh round, they go, my God, these guys are going to draft a long snapper, aren't they? And they didn't even
1: sign one, I don't think, undrafted-wise. Yeah, they did. Wise.
2: yeah did, they did. Did they? I know uh, they, they
1: have a tri- I thought it was a trial guy. I don't right know if, out. yeah, I don't know if they signed one, but Cameron K, the long snapper from Troy, announced on Twitter that he'll be in, in rookie minicamp. So if that is on a tryout basis. It's still another long snapper for them yeah, to look at. Yeah, they need someone. I think Goody learned his lesson a couple of years ago not to use a draft pick on a long snapper. <laughs> yeah, him.
2: I know, but you know what? Since I mean, they are going whole hog on special teams with Basaccia You know, they brought they signed a punter. They've got three kickers here presently. I thought they got four seventh rounders. Why not? Why not throw one at the, the Senior Bowl guy or or whatever? Right. But um, they'll 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 be competition here at some point. They're not going to let. Stephen Wortell come through
1: in this thing uncontested. Right. They might let Pat O'Donnell, did you see the video, him and Mason? Oh Crosby? my God, that was epic. Unbelievable. Packers special teams might be onto something here.
0: Maybe, was, if nothing
2: else. I was trying to build something yesterday, a outdoor storage container. I should hire those guys, because they're clearly more capable. Now they're kicking footballs so and building stuff than I am.
1: That was pretty impressive.
2: Um, if, I built, if I would have built bunk beds for my kids, that would have been dead.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm not a handyman either, really, <laughs> I'm so either. I'm with you on that one.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: Let's circle back to Watson. I, I, I know he's obviously going to get a lot of praise for his speed and his size and, um, and his deep threadability and all that. And clearly the, the Packers weren't concerned enough about this to not draft him, but his hands were not great the last two years. Now, having better hands is probably more easy to rectify than other parts of a wide receivers game, and and Goody mentioned uh, James Jones and Devontae Adams, two guys who did all right for themselves around here, as guys who struggled with drops earlier in their career and overcame them, but... And listen, MVS had kind of the same issue. Um, obviously, not as much this past year, but he struggled with his drops too. So that's why it. Christian Watson at least reminds me of MVS a little bit. That was Daniel Jeremiah's comparison. But I thought it was interesting. Jim Nagy, who knows these guys better than any of us, who got Christian Watson to the Senior Bowl, uh, was very much against that. He said, Christian Watson has all the tools, but he's raw. Don't see Valdez-Scantling comps. Watson is far looser athlete with a higher ceiling. Part of developmental curve is now on Aaron Rodgers. That's why teams pay franchise QBs to make other players better. So I'm interested to hear that. Obviously, it's easy to peg the MVS comparison on him because of his physical attributes and who he's replacing, but uh, interesting perspective from Jim. Jim. Are you – obviously, you're not concerned because you're not a Packers coach, but do you think it should be a concern for how many drops he had and the fact that this isn't a guy who can, like, just work on the jugs machine while other guys get snaps early in his career? He's going to be thrown in there right away.
2: You know, I'm not concerned. You know, a lot of the drops, if you look at his career drop percentage, a lot of that was 2020. Yeah. Last year, he he wasn't bad last year. I think he had five. In fact, I talked to his coach at North Dakota State last night. And he said he got better and better as the year went on in, in that regard. So his
1: wide receivers coach?
2: The, the offensive coordinator, who's been okay. there forever. We're all talking um, to
1: these same people. We're all going to be talking to these same people.
2: Yeah, so interestingly, here, you know, the average hand size for a receiver is about nine and a half inches. Christian Watson, ten and an eighth. Daubs ten. Terray nine and a half. So they're all bigger than normal. Um, so I, I think at least if you've got the physical tools. To catch the ball, I think that goes a long way. Um, I guess I wouldn't be concerned about it just because he did improve in that regard, and he does have the, the skill set to get
1: that done. So, no, I, I guess I wouldn't be
2: super concerned
1: about it. That's fair. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the in the same boat as you. And um, I think it'll help him that Aaron Rodgers, at least it seems from his word to, to Pat McAfee, that he will be here for some of the voluntary stuff in May. And... And for the mandatory stuff in early June, which he was not last year, so that should help. Um, most interesting pick after day one for you, besides Christian Watson, and why?
2: Um, yeah, I would go with Carpenter. I was gonna say the the linebacker outside linebacker mm-hmm. Kingsley, um, but I'll go with Carpenter just because of the skill set. You mentioned Raven Green. You mentioned Will Redman. Last year was Henry Black. Raven Green was actually decent enough at it, but he was always hurt. Will Redman was not good at it. He was a terrible tackler, and Henry Black was so bad that he wasn't even invited back on an exclusive rights contract. So, yeah, I would say Carpenter is a guy who can really change this defense, even if it's a 10 snaps a roll position, to have a guy with DB speed who probably can cover to some extent but he's not going to be the tackling liability those other guys were because he's, got, he's 230, not 210. I think that is a real interesting
1: pick. What do you got? I'm going JJ, Kingsley, whatever he wants to be called. He said Kingsley. Um, this is a, a stat that our buddy Rob Domovsky tweeted out from ESPN Stats and Info. He had the second highest pressure percentage in the SEC last year behind Will Anderson Jr., who is in contention to be the number one overall pick next year. Um, ninth highest pressure percentage in the country. And it was funny because you mentioned earlier, Goody's saying on Thursday night, I don't think I have to draft a receiver. And then on Friday night, he said, I like our edge rushers as is. And then he goes, yeah, No right? It. So they, we know how it is. He kind of just has to say those things. But it, he did single out Randy Ramsey. I'm interested to see how that depth chart shakes out behind Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary As we've talked about, Smith and Gary both only played about 64% of the defensive snaps last year. That leaves a lot of snaps for backup edge rushers. Um, So those guys are going to have to, you know, Kingsley is going to come in and probably play a little bit on special teams too. Um, Jonathan Garvin and Teepa and Kingsley and Ladarius Hamilton and Randy Ramsey that's going to be a fight for number three and number four edge rushers. Number three is obviously going to get a lot more playing time than number four, but uh, that's an important important piece. This It's not just like a throwaway position like a, a third-string cornerback or a third-string safety might be because Savage and Amos and the starting corners play all the snaps. Like, edge rushers do not play all the snaps. So uh, that'll be interesting to see how much he plays on defense, but that strategy of just drafting defensive players who are productive from the best conference in college football i don't hate it
2: <laughs> no, no you yo, know, the snap count I, that's a great point if you discard merciless but if you just go with um garvin tipa and hamilton they played like 20 fewer snaps than gary played last year so you're right that is a lot of snaps a lot of, that is a starters starting players worth god how am i saying it? a starting players number of snaps that's available out there, um, he is slow, and I didn't think the Packers would draft him. I kind of go through this every year where I, you know, I have put the list together. Their history shows that they're not going to take these guys, and I put him on the list. I mean, he ran four eight seven at the combine. He was you know four nine six at pro day. I mean, he's, he actually got slower, which is almost impossible. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think they would draft him. But at, at that point in the draft, fifth round for a guy who's I think he had what fourteen sacks the last two years in a, in a pretty good league. You know, to exaggerate, um, yeah, pretty good value for late in
1: the fifth round. Your biggest remaining question mark on the Packers roster? Yeah, I'll go tight end. Not
2: from this year, but that is a position that what what do they do next year? With, with you know, Tunyon's a free agent, Mercedes is a free agent. They, I, I I would bet money that they had to use a fourth round pick on on a tight end or a third rounder, and they didn't do it. So does that mean that if Tanyan shows something this year that they're going to commit to, to him long term? I guess what, what do they do there? Because there is no starter waiting. You know, Josiah De is not a tight that he's he's the move around fullback, H back kind of guy. He can't go line up in line and do what Mercedes Lewis does. So I thought that was an interesting one. What, what do you what do you got?
1: You keep stealing my answers. All right, fine. I'll say something else. No, that's <laughs> totally fine. Um, Yeah, I mean, tight end, too. That's, I mean, that's my, that would be my answer. Uh, I'll go, no, it wouldn't be safety, because that would really only be my my biggest question if they didn't exercise the fifth-year option on Savage. I'm going to go tight end, too, but for a little bit different of a rationale. I do think it's an immediate need. Like, I, I know you said for the future, but there's no guarantee Robert Tunyon comes back and and is the 2020 Robert Tunyon off of his torn ACL. And, and like you mentioned, uh, Dominic Daphne, Josiah Deguara haven't really proven themselves as pass catchers. Mercedes Lewis has been a dominant pass catcher in this league before, but he's not anymore. And like we've said, just as important as getting a third or fourth wide receiver to increase competition there is getting a tight end who can catch passes. They didn't have that pass catching tight end last season. And um, having two of them, if Tunyon does come back to full strength would create a bunch of mismatches. And and as is the case with linebackers uh, keeps opponents guessing because you know, we, I think this was in my live room that I talked about this the other day. It, it All my days are mixing together now, but um, having two tight ends on the field at the same time creates that air of unpredictability. Like if you have Mm -hmm. Mercedes Lewis and a rookie, or Mercedes Lewis and Tunyon, or Tunyon and a rookie, like teams don't know what you're going to do. And I just think they needed another pass catching tight end for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I guess they're confident in how Tunyon's coming back. I found it interesting. Um, that, that Goody singled out Tyler Davis and said, I think we have something there. So we'll see if they actually do have something there. Yeah. where's it? Also, Matt,
2: where's the cornerback
1: depth? Not good. That's another no, thing. No, it's not. I Their think, starting we, all, I think we all said, like, oh, they don't need to draft a cornerback because they have maybe the best top three in the league in, in Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, and Rasul Douglas. But if one of those guys gets hurt, you're gonna have to find someone else to place nickel. And if two of those guys get hurt, then you're screwed. <laughs> yes, you are. You're not
2: getting Rasul Douglas every year, right? Up a practice squad. That's right. That's not happening. I mean, what what I mean Shamar Jean Charles did the, the, the last time I remember him on the field was at Cincinnati. And I think it was the two point play or is it the touchdown late in the game? Either way it was it was mix and scoring and he juked Jean Charles onto his derriere. I don't remember him playing. I mean, otherwise, I mean, Keyshawn Nixon. I mean, what has he done? I mean, he's a special teams guy mostly. So they are,
1: they're thin. Yeah. They mentioned him as a guy who can play some nickel. He played a little bit for the Raiders, but he's obviously mainly uh, a special teams guy. And and I even wonder about that third safety. Mm -hmm. I mean, if Carpenter is more of a linebacker, Vernon Scott couldn't get on the field ahead of Henry. I know Vernon Scott dealt with some injuries, but he couldn't get on the field ahead of Henry Black last year. And Henry Black wasn't good enough to even bring back on an exclusive rights-free agent deal. Yep. So how bad is Vernon Scott then? Yep. So.
2: Positions, maybe they're looking for depth here down the road, or maybe it's those, you know, September cutdowns or, you know, whatever it is. You know, how many corners goodie Goody in during camp last year? Maybe it's going to be the, the same sort of thing or it's just going to be a revolving door. Until
1: September, trying to find luck into somebody. Maybe they turn the tires on uh, KB Onento for the third year in a row. Not a good point. And and I think it's important to note, like, there have been some neat finds out of rookie minicamp in recent memory for the Packers. Like, Chris Barnes was an undrafted free agent. He did some nice things, although I don't think he'll see much playing time this year because they just drafted another inside linebacker in the first round. Then the... The story everyone knows is Lucas Patrick in 2016 came here on a tryout basis, wasn't even an undrafted free agent signee, and came to be a really reliable, versatile starter. So I'm excited to see when we get to Lambeau this week that laundry list of names who are there and maybe pick out a couple that that could be guys because um, they have 75 guys listed on their roster right now. That does not include Alan Lazard on the active roster, which indicates that uh, he has not yet signed his restricted free agent tender, though the deadline for another team to offer him a long-term contract extension has passed, so I would assume that's just a formality. He'll be on the team, um, unless he holds out, which I, I wouldn't expect him to do. And then 11 draft picks are included on in those 75 that have not signed yet. So 15 spots open for veteran free agents or undrafted rookie free agents or rookie minicamp tryout players that they choose to sign. So 15 spots still open. That's plenty of guys who who could make things interesting this summer.
2: Yeah, I'm just thinking about they they signed a. Again, I'm just I should have looked it up. They, they signed a safety late in the year for two for a special teams. Sean Davis. He was off someone's practice. So I guess they do have some depth, but. Not depth, but they do—they do have some players here. But yeah, it'll be interesting. It all starts this weekend, right?
1: Friday, Saturday for rookie camp. Friday, Saturday, rookies get in on Thursday night, I believe Lafleur said, and then we'll be over there talking to these guys in person. Maybe there will be an open freaking locker room. Who knows? That'll be great. That would.
2: It but would be because
1: it's—it's it's nice to talk to who I want to, not who the uh, team would like us to talk to. Exactly. It, it'll be neat. Uh, I'm sure it'll be nice to see some of these guys in person. Um, hey, maybe Aaron Rodgers will show up to rookie minicamp to throw some passes to Christian Watson. Just kidding. Uh, you can you can pay me a million dollars to show up to rookie minicamp if if I was Aaron Rodgers. But uh, we'll catch you guys probably again in another two weeks. We're about to hit the the slowest parts of the NFL offseason, uh, the middle of the summer. Still a couple things to to tackle here in the next couple weeks, obviously with minicamps and offseason activities and no Aaron Rodgers drama. He will be in town at some point. Um, so we'll talk to you guys in two weeks. That's a soft promise for me. You can pencil that in. Until then, find Bill all over SI, me at The Athletic. We'll talk to you guys soon.